Wee scooby doo ba doo ba doo dee What is it? What is it? Skittin', scatting, skit some. Yeah. I tried. I tried, Jesus. Let me stay in my lane. Last time I asked Jolie if I could sing, she told me, she said, you need to stay in your lane. I said, I will do just that. I will stay in my lane because I cannot do what just happened. Amen. What a blessing. Thank you, Jolie. Uh, some, some other uh, good news I just want to share uh, before I, I get into uh, the sermon. Uh, so if you'll look on the back of your bulletin, you see we've, we've added some, some more names. So under ministry lead there, we now have Dana Kruger, uh, chair of our Three Great Loves Ministry. And Charlie Kruger, who is now the chair of our Congregational Care Ministry. And I made a little joke yesterday about uh, hearing some of those discussions in their house uh, discussing the ministry and the church now that they are both in this together. But I do believe that a family that ministers together stays together. Amen. Somehow, some way, <laughs> they do uh, stay uh, together. You'll also see there uh, Jay uh, Drummond. We call him J2. Uh, is uh, also the chair of our Christian Education Ministry. So we're glad to have him. You probably had no idea that was going to happen, did you, Jay? You just got a promotion. How about that? That's how God works. Just drops it on you. Boom, and there it is. <laughs> Welcome to the resistance, my friend. <laughs> Yes, we had a great time yesterday, and we're really excited about what God is doing in this congregation and uh, in our community. Also very happy to have my parents here with us uh, this morning, and they helped out a great deal with the party as well, too. Yeah, my dad has been really busy around the house fixing things that he broke the last time he was here. <laughs> So he loaded up the truck and brought all his tools with him. So we're looking forward to getting our restroom back at some point. So <laughs> we'll get there. In the Gospel of John, you heard it said today, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. And I want to talk this morning about pruning. Please pray with me. Gracious and holy God, give me now the eye of the eagle so that I may see clearly into the hopes, joys, sorrows, and fears of your people. Weave my hand to the gospel plow and tie my tongue to truth. Allow us to hear from you the still speaking God. This we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Interestingly enough, uh, we didn't plan it this way. The scripture about the vineyard fell on this particular Sunday. It was not inspired by Marcus's sangria. It was in no way inspired by grapes. This is actually the assigned scripture for this Sunday. What's interesting about vineyards and vines is that they take on kind of lives of their own. 
And there's two different types of vines that are out there. There are vines that can be very persistent and beautiful and fruitful and very life-giving. These are things like kiwi fruit. <laughs> kiwi. <laughs> These are things like squash, green beans, peas, even if you may not like them. Peas also grow on vines and melons. Or, uh-oh, got a little tickle. Or these vines can be wild, constricting, overbearing, life-sucking pests. <coughs> Different vines like ivy or kudzu or jungle vines. These type of vines are wild, constricting, overbearing, life-sucking pests. So there's two types of vines. Persistent, beautiful, fruitful, life-giving, or wild, constricting, overbearing, life-sucking pests. Kind of like there's two kinds of people. <laughs> that was a joke. It'll catch up with you later. But one thing remains the case for all of these vines. All vines need some kind of support. The fruit that are produced from the vines, the ones that are life-giving, they have to have some type of support. Jesus says, I want to be that particular kind of support for you. Jesus says in the Gospel of John that the Father is the vine grower and that Jesus is himself the vine. Jesus becomes the support in this particular vineyard. Jesus becomes the support of this particular vine. Jesus knowing that he, could, he had to speak to these people in agricultural terms so that they could get the right metaphor and understand what Jesus was saying by the Father being the vineyard keeper and Jesus being the vine. But if we would turn back to Isaiah, we also see that there's something that's a little problematic about Isaiah when we listen to the Gospel of John. Reverend Mona said that Jesus said, I am the vine, my father is the vineyard keeper. But over in Isaiah, we just heard the prophets say that God is mad at the vineyard and going to destroy it. That God will not no longer prune it, God will no longer water it, and that is the word we receive about the vine in Isaiah. What happened in between Isaiah and the Gospel of John? What happened was, or how they used to say, what ha had happened was that Jesus now becomes the vine. So the writers of the Bible had two different perspectives. The original perspective was that God was separate and ready to judge and to smite everything and everyone that wasn't doing what God wanted done. Everything that was not operating in a justice, life-giving kind of perspective that in their context in Isaiah, God was going to take that Israel down. But over in the Gospel of John, something miraculous happens. God is no longer separate from the vineyard. 
God is still the vineyard keeper, but Jesus has become the vine. So now God is not considered as one who's going to destroy this vineyard because now, depending on your theology and how you understand Jesus, God is now the vine that is producing the fruit through his followers, through us, through Christians. So God is no longer separate in the gospel tradition. God is now connected and part of the vine. God is no longer separate from us. We are now connected to God completely. Oh, but don't start clapping just yet. Don't start clapping just yet. Because what we have to understand is when Jesus says abide, that word, here we go, Jim, you know we do these word studies. That word, Jim, apparently, from what I read, it means to also endure, it means to hold out, and it means to stay in place. Endure, hold out, and stay in place. Some people ask me sometimes, they say, you know, can you just tell me why? I just want to give up. I am just finished with what is happening to me and happening in my life. Well, this scripture tells me that my advice to that person should be, you have to endure. You are not separate from the vine. As long as there is breath in your body, as long as the spirit animates you, you have to endure whatever hardship it is, whatever struggle it is, whatever pain it is that you have to endure. Then they say, what about this holding out? Holding out looks really complicated to me because in our society, we don't hold out for anything. They told me in the Verizon store the other day that maybe I shouldn't upgrade to the iPhone 10 because the iPhone 10.2 is probably coming out and I should wait. Now, it has only been four months since the 10 came out, but he said to me, you should hold out. And then I said, why should I hold out? And because I was waiting on him to say, so you can get the 10.2, you know what he told me? He said, you should hold out because the 10 will be discounted when the 10.2 comes out. That way I can save you some money and get you a rebate and give you all the money for your current phone that you have. Hold out. But see, some of us can't hold out. We want the latest and the greatest and the shiniest and we want it right now when we can get it. But if you would just hold out, wait until the time is right. One of the best prayers we can pray is, God, give me the perfect timing. Teach me how to hold out. I am rooted in you, the vine of my life. Show me how to hold out. Oh, my God, stand in place. I'm about to run somebody out of here now. And they're the ones that need to hear this because it's about staying in place. Staying in place. You've heard me say it several times. 
You may be in relationships, you may be on a job, you may be going through something that is frustrating you and annoying you right now. Another good prayer to pray is, should I stay in place? Here's why. God may be seeking to grow. No, no, better yet, you, your soul, your spirit may be seeking some kind of lesson. And the very person that is under your skin is there to help grow you and mature you in God. But if you sit around talking about how so-and-so and negative ninny and all these other people are driving you crazy, then you will miss the point. You will miss the blessing. You will miss the time to just stay in place and figure it out. Don't run. Stay in place because the lesson will come back. It may not be that person, but the lesson will come back with somebody else. So sometimes it's better to just stay in place so you don't run to the same problem somewhere else. It will be there waiting for you. More than anything in this, all of these enduring, holding out, staying in place, a lot of that does not feel good at all. It hurts. It brings tears. You wonder what you're going to do. You wonder where your next meal is coming from. You wonder how you're going to pay the bills, how you're going to pay your mortgage. It does not feel good. But here's what I want to say to you. If you will allow spirit, if you will allow God to work through the situation, that is your pruning. That is your pruning. I have these bushes right outside our, our window in our breakfast area, and, and Yanni calls periodically and says, you need to tell that guy to prune them, them rose bushes. Cut them back. And you know, and I just, I hate to see those bushes cut back. Then the crepe myrtle trees. Have you seen the crepe myrtle trees? You know, you, you nearly make them bald <laughs> in the fall. And then all of a sudden, in the spring, these shoots come out and these beautiful flowers come out. That is pruning. We will not get anywhere in this life and grow spiritually mature. We will not bear all the fruit that we need to bear if we don't get pruned. If you keep running from your pruning, you might eventually end up like a dead branch. And according to this scripture and what I've understood about Palestine, dead branches in vineyards get ripped off and thrown into the fire. Now, I ain't making no allusion to hell because I don't believe too much in it. But what I am saying is you do not want to be disconnected from the vine. You want to be pruned. You want to be worked on so that you can bear the fruit that you were meant to bear. Your suffering is not your damn song. Your suffering is there to heal you and to prune you and to grow you into what God would have you to become. So the next time the negative ninnies and all the naysayers and all the problems and all the bills you can't pay and all the family that you can't stand come around you, remember you just need to say, God is pruning me. <laughs> God, I, I, I am not going to let you get me. You are just here so I can get pruned. You are gnawing the hell out of me, but you are here so I can get pruned. 
I'm not going to beat you down. I'm not going to cuss you out. I'm not going to act ugly with you. You are here for God to prune me. So in that, you are a blessing, and I will not let you go. I will continue to be pruned by the vine maker. I will continue to be pruned by the vineyard keeper because that is the blessing that is in all of this. For us to abide in him, for us to endure in God, for us to hold out when the going gets tough, for us to stay in place and not run from our problems, but to remain resolved and rooted in God. He has come to bless us according to vineyard keeping and what happens in Palestine, which is where this metaphor comes from. They say that unfruitful branches divert nutrients from those that are fruitful, and they burden the vine. Though alive, such branches are not well because they are not fruitful, and thus their very vitality compromises the vine. The excised living branches separate from the vine on which they had imposed for life, they now dry up and they die and they wither. I am here to say to you, stay connected to the vine. Do you know that you are connected to the vine. If you don't, and we, we really don't do this in this church, but if you don't, if you are looking to change your life, if you are looking to make a difference, if you are looking to figure out how you can get connected to the vine and not be separate and wither and die, you need to call me and we need to talk. I'm not going to make you stand up and come down front and spin around and me slap some oil on you, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying. If you are here and you need that, you need to call me. God is asking us to remain connected. And in this vine, us bearing fruit looks like what we did yesterday when we came together to honor Pat Walker, when we came together to raise money and to support all of these external entities that we'll be working with to make the environment better, to make children's lives better, to make families better, veterans better. That is the fruit that we want to bear in addition to being pruned and grown and matured in God. Do you receive it? Yes. Amen. Be blessed.